As the creative hub at Ashoka University, Center for Entrepreneurship nurtures the entrepreneurial endeavors of all students, fellows, faculty, and founders alike. So when I suggested of creating Center's own podcast, Dr. Priyank, the director at the center, immediately agreed to nurture yet another creative endeavor. Janthanija and this is Ashoka Changemakers Radio. And today we're talking to Shreya Soni, founder of Delhi Secret Supper Club. Her business idea was born as a social experiment, but today runs as a very reputable marketing agency in the country. Let's find out how has DSSC fared during this pandemic so far. So it was Shreya only last year that I came across one of your talks where I heard your journey of creating DSSC. And was left completely amused by secret suppers as a concept. <laughs> so when I uh, took up the task to host the podcast series for Center for Entrepreneurship at Ashoka, I knew that DSSC is definitely a story worth sharing. I'm so thrilled. Thank you. <laughs> That's very kind of you. So can you tell me where did the idea of DSSC come to you and how has it evolved over the time? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I actually was working as a management consultant um, at Ernst & Young in London. And essentially, um, I'd moved back to India um, at a point in time when culturally, um, the city was kind of bursting at its seams. You know, it, it, I'd come back to like a new version of my home and that truly excited me. Um, and it, it was a city that suddenly kind of like was throwing out these beautiful options from like a cultural, theatrical, culinary. I mean, like anything that you can think of, it, it was kind of like working and, and offering you those kind of like options and solutions. Um, I found that hugely satisfying and, and supremely kind of like tickling. Um, but there was this one thing that I, that I really missed and, and that was you know, just banter and, and good conversation <laughs> about any agenda. And, and I thought um, what I soon started kind of like picking up was this common thread that this problem was not unique to me. Um, but it was something that a lot of us were saying and complaining about that where are these like-minded, yeah. um, you know, kind of like new people I can meet outside my comfort zone, but also without agenda in a safe, legitimate kind of space um, without there being any kind of, you know, secondary tertiary objectives. Um, right. And I think there were enough of us saying it. Uh, and, and I came to a point where I said, when this is a problem for, you know, a sample size of more than one human being, which was just me, um, I figured that it, 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 it kind of warranted a solution of sorts. Hmm. Um, and, and that... There isn't like a sexier answer for this question, but it's almost like boredom um, kind of triggered me to build a solution to, to kind of cure that, you know, that basic problem and that need hmm. for good conversation. And that kind of, very simply put, it kind of gave birth to the idea of a dining club. That was step one, because I come from a family where we genuinely believe in the power of food. I think it's such a beautiful unifier. It's an icebreaker. It's a level yeah, of thoughts. And it's just kind of like, you know, I mean, have we ever met anyone who doesn't 
feel happy after a good meal. So, you know, I thought, okay, you know, that setting that allows good food, um, recommended kind of cuisine and chefs and new kind of hidden gems in the city would, would prove to be a good icebreaker for strangers under the same roof. The reason why I added on that level of secrecy and, and that, you know, incognito mode was um, to kind of tackle this one emerging narrative at that point in time. And I'm talking about like 2012. So circle hmm. back there, hmm. where um, there was this focus and desire where the founder had to be kind of placed ahead of the product right. and, and yeah. I come from like a school of thought or maybe like I mean I just witnessed my you know my parents my aunts my uncles my grandparents kind of build um, solutions where it almost becomes inconsequential who the maker is as long as the product is solid you will find your audience so it mm. became that mm. that scenario where I said okay we're already trying something out for the very first time in this country so there's nothing to lose. Can I add on another layer uh, sense, you know, yeah. with, with the intent of could this experiment break a myth? Um, so which is why we added on that level of secrecy to a supper club and said, cool, let's just see where this goes. Um, and at that point in time, I mean, I'd only told my very immediate family, which is like my mom, dad and my brother yeah. and my dog, Zara. And uh, two of my closest friends and each one of said, each of them said, it's not going to work and, and not, not in the city that you're in. And I said, okay, cool. That's the third kind of element of my myth busting exercise that I was hoping to do. And it was meant to be like a one off social experiment. Yeah, I was actually listening to one of the talks where you were telling how your mother used to dress up and be there instead <laughs> of you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was yeah. really interesting. So that one kind of like, you know, social experiment and that construct that we built to kind of test out a series of assumptions and hopefully break some myths via that, you know, that first secret supper. Um, what happened after that was that, you know, I said, okay, great. This was so much fun. And I got to kind of like research and actually also meet those 30 new people. Some That was hmm. the core objective. And then I kind of like shut shop and I said, cool, that was fun. Great. Tick. Um, but oh. what kind of followed suit was suddenly um, more so Delhi as, as the first kind of like, you know, stage of, of the company. Everyone started waking up and asking, wait, what? You got invited to what? And sorry, who runs it? Sorry, I don't know who runs it. And wait, like, why wasn't I invited? And wait, what is a supper club? And that kind of curiosity and that kind of word of mouth worked in our favor. So in the next kind of seven to 10 days, all I had was like an email set up for this experiment, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that email... That, that inbox just basically blew up um, from like the demand side and the supply. Side. And that's when I, I, I kind of like realized that, okay, you know, we may be sitting on something interesting where you could actually build that bridge that connects the, you know, the consumer that is discerning, that is aware, that is experimental, that is curious, that is mindful to very interesting uh, 
you know, kind of like service and brand providers in the city. And from there on, we said, you know, we're going to continue running it anonymously because after a point, you know, I think my inner Nancy Drew got really thrilled (laughs) with the idea. Um, So I would attend, you know, our experiences probably once a year just to make sure that the way I kind of planned it out on my spreadsheet doesn't genuinely, you know, map out in a similar fashion. So I would beg, I would literally plead and beg my poor mother. (laughs) And she's like an early sleeper. She's basically the baby of the house. So (laughs) I beg her being like, no, 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 no. Wake up. It is 1230. We need to hit place now and like do the wrap up on and then she would wear a wig and a complete kind of like image transformation of sorts where you know you had to go to the location beforehand kind of make sure that you know we had very specific kind of SOPs in place I mean Mm -hmm. hard to imagine but we did um, (laughs) about kind of like table settings and collateral and design touch points and the flow of the experience so I was kind of micromanaging it from the back end so I've kind of like hidden on the roof in my car in a bathroom in a kitchen once and the poor <laughs> chef like, oh, who is this human being why is <laughs> in my kitchen and and my mom in her wig would kind of do the pre and post check right all right that's that's really interesting and I I'm just intrigued by the whole idea itself and it takes me time. It's almost been a year since I've known the concept, but still it's just so, so amusing. All right. I'd um, like to shift the conversation to uh, taking it to the current conditions now. And uh, this pandemic has brought along with it some pretty hard times for all of us as individuals and even businesses. Yes. So um, I want to know what was it like at DSSE during the lockdown? No, for sure. That's a really good question and such a relevant one. Um, So we actually started working remotely a week, 10 days before uh, Delhi went into an official format of lockdown. Mm -hmm. Um, Only because, you know, I think think it kind of became quite apparent that this was not a region-specific healthcare, it was something that we had to take and factor into our daily operations quite seriously and quite swiftly. Right. Um, and then at that point also, we did not have much information, not that we have enough information even today, but even at, in, in March, we did not have um, too much information about the gravity and the kind of um, mutating, mm-hmm. you know, format of the virus. So I think... Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of like soon acted in that if, if, if we can work remotely, then that's an option we'd like to exercise. And at that point in time, you know, back in March, naively, we said that in a month, we'll assess the situation. Um, that month has gone on to, you know, till today. Um, and what we did was we kind of very seamlessly, and again, like I, I really want to um, pass on all the kind of like, that sense of agility back to the team. Um, we didn't have any systems in place to for for remote working. We're we're an organization that kind of is fairly hands on. Uh, we love that on ground team energy. We need that you know human interaction and exchange of energy because we we I mean till date we thought that that's where 
that magic of creativity spurs at least no definitely i guess yeah i think team is definitely the essence for sure yeah exactly and that exchange of energy really facilitates and manifests in different creative formats but uh kudos to to the team i mean we adapted quickly uh overnight systems and processes were kind of put in place um and and i want to say yes it was challenging because it was quite kind of a root shift from you know 20 and and we work long hours um i'm i'm quite i don't know whether to be embarrassed to admit it or or quite like comfortable with it but it's a team and it's a nature of the job that uh, that that really gets us to be around one another or around mm-hmm. our um you know different moving units and our clients etc all the time and so mm-hmm. it felt like a bit of a dramatic shift uh you know working remotely but For you sure. know we we're we're a team that also really kind of finds purpose in movement um so the the one kind of you know if if you know how everyone has a north star right it could be personal it could be professional yeah. it could be as a team as an organization well um for us That's the so north clear. star is fairly clear and the north star is um find purpose in movement whatever that movement is there is no right or wrong you'll find your own kind of rhythm and beat and then we'll march to it but we're not going to stop um so we didn't take that time off we didn't take any of that what we did was slow down the tempo so that we adjust to our new ways of working um and we account for these um kind of unique externalities so to speak so things like you know now you're kind of you're not you're not working from home we're kind of living at work yeah. so to, and and there's no kind of like clear distinction of and that segregation between physical right. spaces or um the energy of a room etc mm-hmm. i mean you kind of like working living breathing eating cooking doing your laundry etc etc all within kind of technically those four broad walls and mm-hmm. sharing that space with the same set of people day in day out um so we said okay you know what we're going to be a lot more flexible um and allow for these external factors to be woven into our kind of ways of working and not be as rigid as as um our previous systems and processes were so things like for example i'll give you an example here um typically we t- we take up meetings really seriously like even the most banter filled ridiculous brainstorming sessions with like some 10000 packets of chips on the table but we take it insanely seriously like phones down only up when you know we're kind of researching or mood boarding um no slacking off i like you know it's a very charged environment with hmm. little room for distraction Hmm. um however today we've been on multiple calls where you know a client's baby has joined the call or um a, a team member stepped away because um you know someone in the family needs needs help with something else and we're like yeah no for sure i mean this is part of our reality and we're going to factor that in and we're going to be a hmm. lot less rigid and a lot more flexible so we kind of like set in that flexibility to be part of our you know operations mm-hmm. um and we decided to assess the situation every 30 days um but as as of now the the current 
you know, just we're based out of New Delhi, mm-hmm. um, where the numbers are, you know, on the upward tick, and um, yeah, it almost feels irresponsible to kind of contribute to those numbers. Um, mm-hmm. And we're also, I mean, I say this with so much maddening amounts of respect towards professions and industries that do not have the luxury that I have today. Um, but we also work in an industry and, and we've been fortunate to work with clients who who understood our point of view and um, we have the luxury of working remotely. Mm-hmm. And we said, we're going to pivot hard and not you know, run our normal programming that we were doing in March 2020, early March 2020. And and we kind of just pivoted online and we said, if it's on ground, then it's going to be within the safe protected confines of people's homes. Mm -hmm. And we will continue innovating uh, on behalf of our clients. So that kind of objective pre-COVID was exactly the same. Our job is very simple. Our job is to innovate and build creative solutions online or offline on behalf of our client base. Should Mm -hmm. that change during a pandemic or a recession? Not really. I think the format or the execution of that changes, but the core objective remains the same, which is pandemic or not, we will continue um, kind of finding purpose in movement, not skipping a beat, uh, probably hunker down a lot more, tighten Mm -hmm. our belts, spend almost disproportionate time researching and equipping ourselves with new skill sets to navigate this, you know, this, this year and the next year, by the way. So we're going to continue doing exactly what we set out to do, which was innovate on behalf of our clients. Right. All right. Um, so my last question to you is this. Yeah. The, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed life as we know it, and we've just been talking about that. But entrepreneurs are having to confront this new normal by reassessing and redefining their core businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to know what does this new normal look like for DSSC and how do you yeah. foresee it? Like, I know, I know you say that the objective remains the same, and I know yeah. that, and that's I mean, it's incredible how you'll be, how you have been actually for the last six months at least, been delivering to that. But how do you foresee the new normal now? So, um, you know, I'm going to try answer this question with my point of view mm-hmm. um, and with like a big fat caveat that everyone's normal and new normal is very unique. So Definitely, my new yeah. normal is actually quite... Um, different to even my colleagues' new normal, Um, you know, let alone my competitor or my client or a different company in a different industry altogether. So I think the one big thing um, that kind of drove us in our ways of working and our operations this year was recognizing that our, what we define normal is going to be fairly unique to us but we'll have to just communicate that very, very clearly and crisply and, and as um, transparently to our stakeholders so that at least they understand where we're coming from. Hmm. Um, in terms of how does it change um, our year, I'll, I'll be fairly honest. I mean, um, for anyone in my industry, um, Feb, in, Feb up till April of any calendar year, 
is a it's a massively critical year because what happens is where everyone is in pitch mode mm-hmm. and you're working on business development because that's when a big bulk of budgets for a series of companies are allocated mm-hmm. the ones who operate as per the normal financial year not the june july one um right. And we'd kind of like locked down a very exciting roster of clients and launches and brand strategy and kind of storytelling projects uh, to the tune of an extremely hefty number and a number that, you know, kind of moves the needle for agencies my size. Um, when the pandemic kind of like got, grew it being a fairly serious business altering uh, magnitude, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it was paused, if not kind of like yanked the you know plug altogether. Yeah. So yes, of course we were you know we were hugely impacted mm-hmm. by that. But thankfully, uh, we're also an organization that really believes in you know that that philosophy that our parents and our grandparents keep telling us, right? If you earn hundred bucks spend about 20, exactly. save this much, donate that much. Yeah. So, so, you know, over the course of the tenure of this organization, we've been prudent with and careful with how we save and how we spend. Hmm. Um, and, and that kind of really allowed us to have some kind of an anchor and, and some hmm. kind of a buffer. And I'm very thankful for our accounts team to constantly wrap our knuckles and, you know, hit us with a danda and remind us <laughs> of all of that. Um, and that kind of just really allowed us to work in a slightly atypical fashion this year, which was, you know, same time last year, all the solutions that we were, you know, that we've pushed out this year would have come at a very different kind of billing format. It would have come at a very different production scale and and size. Um, But this year, the objective also changed, right? Like what I said, Mm -hmm. you're going to continue working on behalf of your client and on behalf of your industry. So we said Mm -hmm. we're quite keen on um, addressing the fear that existed, you know, between the, the, the brands and the consumers. So we said we're going to roll out a series of projects that first make the consumer comfortable. Let's let's talk about the numbers and the profits and the revenue a little bit later. later yeah. First, we're going to talk about making our consumer who's actually, let's be honest, the consumer is, is our queen and it's our king and it's everything that the consumer is who we work for. We're yeah. going to first address um, them and make them comfortable. So, you know, typically speaking, it, these would have been billable experiences. And we said, no, our objective is different this year. And again, it was the savior, savings buffer that allowed us and en- enabled us to take that decision. So we continue to kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of get that engine of the market purring a little bit. Um, and just instilling that gentle faith, trust, comfort back in our systems and um, and and things continue to be rough for a lot of industries i mean 60% of our work comes from hospitality leisure and travel and those are the three industries that are also you know hugely great yeah but i'm also truly optimistic and i'm so um, excited to share that that we're starting to see gentle movements in those industries and you know, a big roster of our clients who had paused, um, I mean, clients and also peers, 
you know, who had kind of paused operations back in March are, are now getting back into some rhythm form and uh, movement. So there is movement in our industry. Um, but I also appreciate the fact that everyone's being a lot more cautious. Yeah, that, that's a good sign as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, this has been amazing. And this is just filled with learning left, right and center wrapped in a beautiful conversation here so thank you so much for doing this today not at all thank you for having me the pleasure is all mine that brings us to the end of this episode of the season fashion pandemic and pivot let us know what you think on our instagram handle at red center for entrepreneurship underscore au if you have any recommendations on who i should interview next Write to me now at vanija.chan at the rate gmail.com. This episode is produced and edited by Yash Saxena.